Good evening. As Seth has already mentioned, it's good to see everyone out here tonight. We do have visitors with us. Thankful that you come our way to worship with us, even though you may have heard I was preaching instead of Josh. I don't exactly lend as much flair to the podium as he does. I did think about wearing my nice bright orange tie last night or today, but it's got blue dots on it. And after the cats got got beat so bad yesterday, I just couldn't do it. It would have been a little sickening to look down at that Florida colors the whole sermon. So uh, I had to had to put that aside. A lot of you know that uh, have noticed probably that whenever I preach or which has not been a, but a few times, but when I give lessons on Wednesday night, oftentimes I have a some sort of back, some sort of backstory to go with it. And I don't as much on this one. I really wanted to include that cow stuck in the tree. I have a good picture of a cow stuck in a tree for those of you who've never seen it. It's real. I had to get her out with some spray butter, but maybe I can use that somewhere down the road. But it just didn't fit this lesson. This one actually came a few weeks ago. We were, ah, well, it's maybe a month ago. I think it was in Luke's class on Sunday morning. We were going, reading some verses and and uh, pulled up. One of the verses came up and uh, this was next to it. This was, a, I don't remember if it was a verse before or after. It's Proverbs 4, verse 26 and 27. It says, Ponder the path of your feet, then all of your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. As we were reading the verse that was adjacent to it, Stacy looked down and she said, that one sounds like you. Which it does in a lot of ways. I do ponder quite a bit. I use the word siphon a little more than ponder. It's a little more entertaining, but I don't, I don't tend to make decisions very quick. I do think about a lot of things. Um, I'm, I'm not, quick to judge on anything, and I, I don't make rash decisions. I, if you've been around me very much, my family gets mad at me a lot of the time because I don't. Sometimes when it's quick decisions needed, I'm, I'm not the best for that. Uh, I looked up the definition to the word ponder. The one I found I like the best says, think about something carefully especially before making a decision or reaching a conclusion. You know, when things, we spend a lot of time in our day-to-day lives making decisions. Now, a lot of things don't require much thought. Some things don't require decisions at all. You know, we breathe on our own. We do lots of things without ever thinking about it. You know, it's not a big decision when you get hungry to eat, things like that. We have a lot of things that that don't really require much thought. But there are things we do every day that require decisions. And we have to, it is wisest to think think a little more on those things before we do, to spend more time dwelling on a subject than sometimes we give it. Sometimes we do make a little harsher, rasher decisions. We judge things a little too quickly, oftentimes. But oftentimes we ought to take a little more time to think, like this guy. And I will have to apologize. Some of my slides may come up a little more grainy. They look pretty good on the computer, but once I got them on the big screen, it it didn't 
come forward as well as I hoped it would. But you know, everybody knows what this is. This, this is the statue of the thinker. And sometimes I can get kind of like that. I take a little too much pain thinking on some things. And actually, I, I, I'm, things of this world, I'm pretty good at spending time thinking over. And I really and truly can't remember the last time I made a rash decision. Um, my main problem is, though, oftentimes I don't take enough time to ponder on God. Ponder on, think about His will, His way, His word. I mean, sure, we tend services, pray to God, but don't really take enough time most days to, to dwell on Him. And to to think about his his will and his way and to and to implement it as much in life as it should. Second Corinthians verse one or Second Corinthians one, sorry, verse seventeen. Says, Do I make my plans according to the flesh? Ready to say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time. I think oftentimes all too many decisions are done this way. It's about us, about the here and the now. Oftentimes we're not thinking about something that that decision could apply to later or a ramification that that decision may have that it will affect something down the road. Also, too, as we get older, everything moves faster. I think it's always been that way. And I think in our today, day and age, it's gotten even worse. Uh, but because of that, oftentimes at the end of the day, God's left with just a very little piece. And we don't give Him much time and we don't give Him much thought. Like I said, we may take certain times of the day to pray, things like that, but we, you know, oftentimes you, we may have allotted a certain time for that and that's it. You know, there's, there's lots of days I, when you get home and you get done it, in the end of the day, you're spent. And you've not really given time, God any time. Any time in your thoughts and your decisions. I'd like to read a couple verses from Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs 5, verses 21 to 23. For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord. And he ponders all his paths. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him. And he is held fast in the cords of his sin. He dies for lack of discipline. Because of his great folly, he is led astray. From that, we, we can see that it does take discipline in our thoughts and in our ways to, to please the Lord. We have to rein ourselves in sometimes in our thinking and not think above and beyond ourselves. Found this little sign on or this on the internet. I thought that was pretty good. They had to ponder in the scriptures all at one place, or the crossing of it anyway, which is oftentimes where we need to be. Sometimes I find myself on the other street. The in if we don't spend time thinking about God and His plan, we'll be lost. If you look at it. 
you think about how much thought God put into His plan. How much He pondered on it. It's been... He's had His plan the whole time. He's never varied from it. Just think of the plan He had for the Israelites. It was laid out for them in very specific terms of what they could do and what they could not do, what they were to do certain days, certain times. You know, His his plan even include, included sending His Son. And He did that. That was part of His law being fulfilled. Acts 2, verses 22 through 24. Acts 2, 22 through 24. says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, losing the pangs of death, because it was impossible for him to be held by it. Jesus died a cruel death. But it was all part of the plan of God. Of course, it was part of the plan of Jesus as well, because he was right there the whole time. It, that brings you around really quick. To realize that you need to spend that we need to spend more time in God's plan and on His Word and thinking on it. And there's other things even that are in the Word but somewhat outside that I know I need to spend more time thinking about. You know, do we make plans to talk to other people about God? That's one of the hardest things probably for me to do in one sense. I can get here. And stand up in front of you all and do this far easier than I could walk up to an individual and talk to them. Don't know why, but it's just always been my nature. It's been very difficult. We all know it's needed. But do we think about it and do we plan for it? Oftentimes not, I think. we we It, it doesn't come into our daily plan of, you know, who am I going to talk to today? Or am I going to try to talk to this person or... Or if I see someone, am I going to do this or that? Sometimes, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not strong enough. And I know with me, my family will tell you too, confrontation is the hardest thing for me to deal with in this life. Which I'm sure it is for a lot of people, but it's one thing that I, I struggle with. And that's a big part about talking to others about God is because you know there's that chance for confrontation. It's just very difficult to avoid. Also, do we make plans to help others? You know, I help people all the time through my work. I try to be as fair and as polite and as do as best I can. Oftentimes it leads to longer hours and other things because we help someone. But it's easy to do there. They're asking you and you're you're helping. But oftentimes we don't think about or plan to do things that will help others. Don't put that in our daily lives. I know a lot of us struggle just the way I do of sometimes of it's hard to decide who to help and who not to. We live in a society where it's very easy to work and make a living and oftentimes we don't see that other people we see that other people should be helping themselves before 
we should help them. It's a difficult line to 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 judge and to divine, but yeah, I think if we need to, I know I need to take more time and and giving that more thought and planning than I do. You know, many many of you are like me, and these things are very difficult. There's a, there's often too little time, and it's a daily struggle to deal with these things. But we know God requires it. We require requires this sort of attitude. And he expects us to be prepared for it. Um, and if we put things, if we think on things like this and plan it more, it's easier to put into practice. First uh, Corinthians. I'd like to read a few verses from First Corinthians 1, starting in 26. It says, for, considering your, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you are wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. So not so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of Him you were in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God Righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So that it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. We have to take time to consider the calling. Give more thought to it on what God wants, what He desires us to do, what He calls us to do. Take time to ponder and think upon it. Going back to the verse of Proverbs, the second part I want to talk to tonight is about the path itself. If we think and we plan and we ponder on things, where do our paths lead us? What roads do we go down each day? The definition of a path is a way or a track laid down for walking or made by continual treading. I like the last part of that particularly because it says continual. That means we don't stop you don't vary. It's a continual path. Our daily walk, if you will, will lead us to many paths and places. And it takes much to function in our lives. We have to go down many paths just to survive and to provide for our families, provide for others, the church. But when it comes to God, He's got one path. And we must continually stay on it and tread that path. As the verse in Proverbs stated, we don't swerve to the right or to the left. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. These are verses that we all know very well. Where it says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. This sign shows two two directions, and we know that many people we deal with and encounter on a daily basis take the broad path. They take the 
the way of least resistance. The freeway, if you will. If you want to put it in highway terms, the wide open, or the maybe even better, the wide open road, straight, or just easy to function. Go with the flow, so to speak. Oftentimes that flow is following along with family, friends, path that we enjoy the most. But you know, even if you follow that easy path, sometimes it ends up in a mess. You get jammed up even if you're trying to follow the easy road. And it, it's, it's so easy to fall into traps by going that way. It's going the, the easy road is what the devil wants. It's, it's not what the Lord wants. This is hard, but it looks more to me like what the Lord wants. It's narrow, sometimes crooked, but it's often uphill. You, sometimes you even have to fight against yourself to stay on the path. We've all known of people who had to leave family, change jobs, move, different things if something stood between them and God. That road's not easy. We also know that it's not easy to know why God does things, but we have to trust. We don't understand His path always. But 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7 tells us, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Those who It implies that those who don't have faith just follow the path they can see. And those who follow God's path are navigated by faith. And it doesn't always seem clear to us. You know, we may have loss of loved ones, illnesses, all different things that set us back along our way. We don't understand it. It's not meant to understand. God has His ways and we have to give Him His leeway sometimes. Just continue to think and study, ponder on what the Lord really wants. Psalm 25, verse 4 and 5 says, make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I will wait all the day long. We have to search for Him. Follow what He wants. Another verse that I found particularly good, it doesn't really relate to this, but I liked it. Jeremiah 31, verse 21. It says, set up road markers for yourselves. Make yourself guideposts. Consider well the highway, the road by which you went. Now this verse wasn't required, talking about what I'm speaking of tonight in, in particular. But I just thought it was good because it applies. If we set goals for ourselves and guideposts, if you will, take memory and note of the things that are good and dwell there, it will make us better. 
I couldn't also leave the path and the road alone unless I read a little poem. And a great number of you know it, but this one's ingrained in my mind. And it has been since the 11th grade. I had an English teacher who loved this more than anything. And it was the thing we talked about the most. And partly it, it's ingrained in my mind because it's good, but also because the poor lady couldn't say an L or an R. So the woad not taken by Robert Frost is forever with me. It says, Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler, long I stood, looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I would ever, should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Now, that's not really a religious poem, but it is good, I think, because the Lord's path has always been the less traveled one. From the beginning of time up until now, His way has always been the less traveled. And oftentimes there's only been a few. If you think back to the time of Noah, there's eight on the road. If you look at cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, what was there? Four there in two cities. You know, there's been times and places that there's just been a very small number of his people following his way. But he says there will always be a remnant. It's not easy, but it needs to be traveled. One thing though, I have to say it's not hard to start down the Lord's path. We all know the the various steps in salvation. You have to hear the Word. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. But to believe, Hebrews 11, 6, without faith it is impossible to please Him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and reward those who seek Him. We have to confess. Romans 10, 9, and 10, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him up from the dead, you will be saved. We have to repent. Second Corinthians 7.10 For godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief, grief produces death. We have to be baptized. Romans 6.4 We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. The path to get to God is not that difficult. But we have to live faithfully once we get there, once we get on it. The road is narrow, and it is easy to fall off the narrow road. But Revelation 2.10 says, Be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. 
And if we let him, God will pull us up if we fall off. Revelation 2.5 says, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. It is a, his path is narrow and sometimes difficult. There are many obstacles in our path. But if we think about it, ponder on it, the path we travel, our steps can be sure. And we can hopefully find a path such as this one. I know this is not exact, but it gives a reference at least to the to the goal God has laid for us. I was thinking as I was doing this, if you get to that point, you know, it's, it kind of reminded me of the the reporters at the end of every big game or every big event when someone has won something or achieved something great, and they always ask, "How do you? What do you feel at this time? Or how do you? What does this mean to you? This means everything." That's always the answer that's given at that circumstance. But that, this is the real part where that's the answer. Under the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. This is just something that struck me as good and it something that I needed to look harder at for myself. Something that I think in our fast and busy lives it's good for all of us to look at. Each time we come together we want to take an opportunity for any who may be here tonight who have never come to the Lord never given themselves to Him, or those who have fallen away from Him. If there be those here tonight, please come forward as we stand and sing.